Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. Hi, everybody. Coaching in 2023 and beyond. The coaching industry has greatly changed. For those of you who did not get it, we are going to be following three columns in terms of agenda items. The why of coaching, the how of coaching, and coaching trends to know. So we did have somebody on our staff send out an introduction uh, with an overview of the agenda. So in each one of those columns, the why of coaching, the how of coaching, coaching trends to know, I'll be covering three main bullet items in each one of those. As we get started, let me add some context to what we do as a company. We do not do coaching per se. What we specialize in is going into leaders, uh, into environments and um, organizations and teaching leaders how to coach. So if you happen to be a coach, I provide, I think there's tremendous, uh, tremendous value in that. So with coaching, you know, I'm going to cover a lot of different things today in about 20 to 25 minutes and then uh, make you aware of an opportunity at the end. Again, no big sales pitch. For those of you who are raising your hand, I typically do not uh, turn on other people's microphones only for the fact of connectivity, sound, quality. Uh, can be a little bit clunky at times. So when we think about coaching today, the ICF has reported, I think it's grown at 4.7% this year. The industry continues to grow. Organizations and uh, want their leaders to coach more. I would also tell you that more people are uh, entering the coaching field probably now more than ever. And it really begs the question, first of all, what is coaching? Coaching is about investing in somebody. And it's really a two-step process. Number one, it's getting someone to look in the mirror. Number two, it's getting them to take action on number one. Very few people do number one on their own. Most people don't look in the mirror. So if I go up to somebody and I uh, say, Melissa, you know, you've got a terrible attitude. Melissa's not going to hug me and say, geez, Tim, thanks for the revelation. She's typically going to be what? Resistant. And so when you are coaching, it should be very question-based. So getting someone to look at themselves is hard. And the way you do that is you ask questions. So the why of coaching, especially in the workplace, the reason why we coach is so people can develop. Most people do not arbitrarily develop on their own. They will often think, well, geez, it's the company's responsibility to do what? To train me. It actually isn't. It's the responsibility to develop you specific to the job you have. So when we think about personal development, talent development, we have to really think about some of the things that are going on out in the field. Now, I'm going to cite this in in one of the bullet items that I'm going to cover here in a few minutes, and that is McKinsey actually talks about 41% of people in the workplace today are looking for jobs due to a lack of career coaching conversation and development. Think about that. That's a startling statistic. So think about that just for a second. Four out of 10 people are thinking about leaving. Now, what do we typically hear in terms of why people don't coach? 
They don't have time. That is a smokescreen for the real reason. The reason people do not coach is they do not know what to do or say. It is a different language. You don't go home to your spouse and say, honey, what are your thoughts in a movie? You go home and say, do you want to go to a movie? See, we're very used to correcting and fixing and telling. We're not used to, especially in the corporate work environment, to asking questions and sincerely, truly, actively listening to one another. The why of coaching. If you are not coaching, you are non-verbally telling someone to leave your organization. Please do not have the misguided assumption that, well, that's not what I mean. That's not my intention. doesn't matter. Silence gets very loud in an employee's mind. Now, number two, how do we coach as a training partner? If you're in the training field, you are free to send me a message in my LinkedIn. Training has not been the problem for decades. Training will never be the problem. The problem has always been training reinforcement. We have to position leaders, people who are responsible for the the end-of-the-year reviews, to become your partners. The reason they say they need more training is because it exonerates them from having to mentor and coach. So how do we provide coaching as a training partner? We have to help them understand what to do and what to say. So if you are teaching a class, let's say, on negotiation skills, we want leaders to reinforce that, right? So let's pretend it's a sales part of the organization. We want them to do what? Become our partners. You're going to have to create a map. You're going to have to create a solution so it makes coaching easy. Now, we do something here at Progress Coaching called coaching maps. We give the exact questions, activities, learning projects, supplemental coaching, and we give the phrases of how to coach to what motivates somebody. So when you are coaching or you're providing training, you want people to be your coaching partners, what you have to do more than anything is make it easy for those people to reinforce your training. Number three, the number one statistic I love about coaching and self-awareness is by Tasha Yurik. And Tasha Yurik, I love this book called Insights. Her name again is Tasha Yurik, E-U-R-I-C-H. The title of the book is Insight. She reports, she has a PhD in industrial psychology, and she literally says, in her study, 95% of people in a survey said they were highly self-aware. When she tested them, only 10% of people were. Remember our definition. I've shared that definition for 29 years. Number one, it's getting someone to look in the mirror. Number two, it's getting someone to take action. And number one, very few people do number one on their own. That's why we all need to coach everybody. When was the last time to add a little humor? Someone walked in and said, Lisa, just want to let you know my attitude's going to stink for the next couple months. And I'm probably going to undermine a couple of your directives at the water cooler And I'm going to probably recruit some more negative people to join me. Now, while some of you might be laughing, and of course I can't hear you, think about that for a second. The Gallup organization reports 29% of people are actively engaged in the workplace. 71% are neutrally or actively disengaged. Wow. Seven out of 10 people are neutral or negative. 41%, according to McKinsey, are thinking about leaving due to a lack of career coaching conversations. And we don't have time to coach? So let's get to the how of coaching. I cannot stress this enough. We do not do it socially. We typically don't do it when we lead. We typically don't do it when we have conversations in the workplace. 
Yet, when you coach, you need a coaching model. It does not have to be ours. There are tons of really good coaching models out there. Now, we happen to teach a four-step coaching conversation model where you can have really fruitful, impactful, powerful coaching conversations in as little as eight to 10 minutes. And we design it because of the whole time barrier. Number two, have a feedback model. If you don't have models, it's kind of like telling someone to get up and do a keynote. And oh, by the way, don't have an outline, don't have a framework, don't have a a plan for your speech. It's not going to work. So you have to have a coaching model. Here's why. What we teach at our at our company is the following. You first have an awareness conversation. Then number two, you implement a four-step model. So the four-step model is a learning project. Then it's a discussion. Then it's an activity. Then it ends with the learning project. So six to, let's pretend I'm, pretend I'm coaching you. I might have an awareness conversation. And let's say you want to become a future leader. The learning project could be, um, Sixto, you need to come in every week with an example of something where you've had a really good direct conversation where there might have been conflict and maybe one where it didn't go as well as you thought. And let's say we're going to focus on you having crucial conversations um, to prepare you as a future leader because you're nervous about that. What's going to happen is, is every week Sixto is going to come in and he, that learning project is going to do what? Drive ownership and accountability. When he comes in, what are we going to do? We're going to have a discussion. Guess what I'm going to use, which I'm about to teach you some really cool questioning techniques. I'm going to ask questions. What did you do? What did you learn about yourself? What went well? What would you improve? What skills need to be practiced? See, I do that somewhat fluently because I go back to our coaching conversation model. I practice it. You cannot arbitrarily improve something you do not practice. And so when leaders say, I don't have time, it's a smokescreen. They don't know what to do or say. They are vulnerable. Coaching is, to a certain extent, a different language. Now, coaching models. When I ask Sixto those questions, I might say, well, Sixto, let's go into an activity. Let's practice that conversation you you had with Michael. And then we practice together. Guess what happens? He's going to get better at it. (laughs) He's not going to be great right out of the gate. No offense, Sixto. He's going to get better at it. Then at the end, I'm going to bestow ownership and accountability on the rightful owner again, the person I'm coaching in this hypothetical case, Sixto. He's going to do what? Come in next week with another example where you had a great conversation where there was conflict or turbulence and maybe one that went well and one that didn't go as well. That drives the relationship. Now, what we teach in our model is it takes typically three stages to go through, effort, progress, and results. And we teach people how to monitor that within the coaching model. If you do not have a model, people are going to shoot from the hip. When people shoot from the hip, what do they do? They tend to talk too much. Think about a salesperson. There's been sales training for 30, 40 years. You know what they always teach? Needs-based selling. Ask open-ended questions, much like coaching. Guess what we don't like about salespeople? They do what too much? They talk too much. So when we're coaching and we ask open-ended questions, we've got to really listen. So bullet point number two under the how of coaching, the power of questions. My advice to all of you, do not start your coaching questions with the word why. Here's why. Why tends to create a negative connotation. So when I'm coaching people and I say to 
uh, George, you know, George, you know, why would you do it that way? I might make him feel unnecessarily, certainly not with intention, uncomfortable versus me saying, George, you know, what were your thoughts when you made that decision? What do you think went well? And what do you think you uh, could do to raise, uh, you know, the game as it relates to that issue? My advice is number one, always start questions with the word what. Number two, what I'm about to teach you is a game changer. For those of you who have kids, it goes to coaching in the workplace as well. Yes, you leave your kids at home to go coach your kids at work. They exhibit sometimes the same behavior, sadly. When you tell your son or daughter, you know, you got to study for that test next Tuesday, do they ever look at you and say, oh my gosh, mom and dad, that's right. Thanks for the revelation. And I bet you some of you are laughing right now. Now, with that being said, what if you were to say to your son or daughter, what are you going to do to successfully prepare for that test? And what could I do to help you? That's something that we teach called a self-actualized question. It's a what question plus a success imperative. So, Winder, what are you going to do to successfully get along with Lisa? George, what are you going to do to successfully help Tamara with their speech? What are you going to do, Rachel, to successfully engage with people from the other department? It uses a technique psychologists called framing. When you get that question, it's kind of tough to be negative, and it frames out their action. Number two, think about a rating question. So let's say I'm coaching um, uh, Cynthia. So I'm coaching Cynthia, and Cynthia's got to do a big presentation, and she needs to be really confident. Now, she does some great presentations, but this is a big presentation. She's nervous. And through a conversation, um, she has said, you know, I'm kind of lacking a little confidence. The board of directors are going to be there, what have you. Now, I could ask a rating question, and I want you to hear this technique. I might say, well, Cynthia, on a scale of one to six, always, always use an even number so they don't go in the middle. One to six, six, you're absolutely confident. You're thrilled to be doing this. There's nothing that's going to get in your way. Or one, you still get a few butterflies and a little trepidation. Where would you rate yourself and why? Here's the funny thing, everybody. They always want to go in the middle. I don't know. I'm about a three or four. Notice why I said even number. They always want to go in the middle. They still try to go in the middle because it's comfortable. Their answer is inconsequential to the technique of the question. Here's why. When Cynthia answers that way, I'm going to say, well, that's interesting. I had you at about a three or four too. What do we need to do specifically to move into the direction of a six? And what would you like from me? What I just did, everybody, is I got her to invite me to do what? To participate in her development to do that presentation. So self-actualized questions, what are you going to do to successfully? Rating question. On a scale of one to six, you take their number and say, what do we need to do together to move congruently and strategically and specifically towards a six. The next one is something called an opposite insertion question. So let's say I am getting coached by Craig. Craig, you're now my coach. And you just look at me and you just go, boy, Tim moves slow. I'm sure you don't get that impression from the way I talk. <laughs> but he moves slow and he just doesn't have a lot of energy and he just seems so so docile. And let's say as he's coaching me, he wants me to pick up my pace. What do we typically do, everybody? Honestly, we tell people, pick up your pace. You got to be more energetic. I will save you the suspense. 
Nobody gets up early in the morning and says to their significant other spouse, I cannot wait to get into work because my boss tells me what to do all day long. So what you do is you insert the desired behavior in a what question. He could say, well, Tim, what are you going to do to energetically get back to them? What are you going to do to demonstrate from a perception standpoint a high degree of, of a sense of urgency? Again, it uses a framing technique. So what I just taught was self-actualized, rating questions, and insertion questions. Now, we teach literally about 20 to 30 different questioning models. I'm not going to go through all of them, obviously, in the time. Those require practice. Now, under the how of coaching, let's go back to our public speaking. Let's go back to um, being more energetic as a teammate, okay? No time barrier. There is something that we teach called supplemental coaching. Supplemental coaching accelerates your direct coaching, yet it can also stand on its own. Supplemental coaching is something that you prescribe, almost like a doctor. So I might go back to Cynthia, who's got to do her presentation and say, look, every week I want you to watch two TED Talks, and I want you to journal two things each presenter did that really demonstrated confidence, and then some actions you're going to take on your own that would really position you to do what? To adopt those techniques. Now, I can come back to the energetic teammate. Now, my coach, Craig, might say, well, Tim, I want you to read this book by Patrick Lencioni, The Ideal Team Player. And I want you to read the three types and what you're going to do from an action perspective. Just email me what you learned and what you're going to do to put those things into action. And how will I see that on a day-to-day basis? Those two ideas required no in-person time on the part of the coach, everybody. So going to column three, going to my third area, coaching trends to know, supplemental coaching. We have to supplement coaching. Time is a barrier. I'm not saying it's not a barrier. But then to have this global manic reaction, I don't have time to coach, is a mistake. I say this with no sales pitch intended. When people go through our program, they don't walk out and say, oh, geez, I'm pigeonholed. I, geez, I've got to do it their way. People walk out saying, wow, there's a lot of creative ways to coach. If you are teaching coaching your organization, do not just teach one-on-one coaching. So we teach about eight to 10 different supplemental coaching strategies from observe somebody and journal what they did, setting up peer-to-peer relationships for practice and teaching, um, self-directed coaching. Um, reading a book and journaling uh, what was put into action. We have so many combinations that you can use. Number two, digital coaching. When you are coaching people, okay? When you are coaching people, you can use digital assets to coach. And it is such a cool thing to do. So one of the things that we do with clients and we encourage them to do it on their own is send out a story, send out a lesson, send out something in the news and ask questions. So maybe it's a feel-good story or maybe a great teammate story. Have the video do the coaching and the teaching and then ask a question. What are two things you could do to put into action that would kind of resemble what was done in this video? I'll share a great story with you. We actually played a two-minute video at one of our client sites. Actually, my client did it. He got it from one of our sessions, but did it with two teams in Discord. He had two teams that were really silos. 
And he played a two-minute video of a young kid who is a Down syndrome basketball manager who got put in a game and scored a three-point shot. And he played it, and both groups are looking at him like, why are we watching this? And he goes, do we really have it that bad, everybody? Do we really have it that bad? And he got up and walked out of the room. I did not teach him to do that. And what was so amazing about it, what was so amazing about it is that everybody started to work more congruently, more cooperatively together. Because the video did the perspective. It did the training. It did the education. And then he asked a question. And he had a little bit of a dramatic theatrical effect of getting up and walking out. He said, till this day, they have found ways to work together. That perspective was like a, a punch in the stomach. Digital, video, lessons, stories. Now, this leads us into our last topic in column three, and that is self-serve coaching. I'm going to share this with you. If you have people, and you do, I promise you, you do. If you have people who do not have self-awareness, you will struggle with training, with the acceptance of feedback, the acceptance of mentoring and coaching. You just will. If you have someone who is highly resistant, they are going to need to re-engineer their minds and practice not being highly resistant. Self-serve coaching is really about people coaching themselves. Now, last night I had a gentleman at one of our manufacturing clients say to me, I have been negative for years. And he said, I went through this EQI. We do some emotional intelligence coaching. And he said, it completely changed because you know what? The company's not in charge of me. I'm in charge of me. Now, this guy was pretty cynical and negative. Yet last night he had tears in his eyes. And I don't say that for dramatic or effect. I was a little bit surprised. And what he was basically saying was, I have to serve myself. I have to watch things. I have to read things. I have to take my career to the next level. So what's really cool about this, everybody, is that coaching in 2023, here's what's coming. People are going to have to learn how to receive coaching. They're going to have to learn how to serve themselves and coach themselves. When you have time as a barrier, implement things like supplemental or digital coaching. And then if you master the power of questions, the questions can be done in your direct coaching or they can be done in conjunction with your digital coaching, your self-serve coaching, or your supplemental coaching. So again, going back to the number one statistic, and that is 95% of people say they're highly self-aware when only 10% really are. Think about that, everybody. Think about that. That is a startling statistic. Nine out of 10 people basically are fooling themselves. So what we have to do is look at these opportunities, coaching in 2023, and really being aware of what we need to do creatively to drive coaching, whether it be with our clients, whether it be with our internal individual contributors. And that is probably one of the biggest challenges that we will have in 2023 because the market's changed, the labor market's changing. We got 40% of people thinking about leaving due to a lack of career development. Leaders need to be able to have career development conversations. So let me make you aware of something right now that we do at Progress Coaching. I will make it very brief, I promise you. If it intrigues you, just click on my name and you can send me, send Coaching Pod info. We do a training program called Progress Coaching. And then we have something called Coaching Pods, where you get together with people from other organizations twice a month in topic-driven group coaching sessions. 
and we practice and we design and we do critical thinking and we laugh and we have fun. If you're intrigued by what you've heard today, this is what we cover all the time. We will literally get into questions. So all you have to do is click on my name, send me a message inside LinkedIn, and just say something to the effect of send pod info, P-O-D. And what that does is we do it privately with companies, but we also have public coaching pods where people are literally practicing with people from other organizations. We do breakout sessions. We do practice sessions. We do design sessions. We have topics like conflict, teamwork, attitude, motivation, acceptance of feedback, you name it. We probably have covered it. If you are not practicing as a coach, and if you happen to be a coach in your own business, we have coaches in in our pods as well. Practicing the craft of coaching is critical, everybody. So I hope this has been helpful today. If you're interested, again, click on my name. Send me a quick message inside LinkedIn. I'm interested. Otherwise, I won't bother you. Um, But I would tell you the why of coaching is expanding. The how of coaching is tremendously expanding. If you are not expanding with it, and I'll tell you one thing that we didn't do at the start of this year, we have a whole program now on coaching career development. We did not have that at the start of the year because coaching is really an application to market trends and things you're going through with your clients or inside your organization. The coaching trends to know, digital coaching, how are you going to facilitate self-serve coaching? How are you going to supplement your direct coaching and accelerate talent development? So if intrigued, click on my name, send me a quick message, and uh, I will send you information on our coaching pods information with a link where you can sign up. We'll probably put in a discount code there for you. Uh, Again, this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. Our clients are typically very large, uh, publicly traded clients, but our public coaching pods is, uh, one of our groups has about 55 members. It is a lot of fun and you get to pick and choose. You also get to work with myself or one of our coaches uh, in a one-on-one endeavor. So again, click on my name. If you're intrigued, uh, send me uh, inf- uh, send me a message as some of you are doing that right now. Thank you, Safir um, and Hend. Uh, just send me a quick uh, message and we will uh, send you information on our coaching pods program and we will go from there. Um, I hope this has been helpful. Um, I always show up early and play Irish music at my uh, live LinkedIn event, so I hope you're cool with that. Everybody have a great uh, weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called coach to you where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign 7 to 21-day programs for employees to learn and, more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called coach to you We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.